Hi, I'm a woman who should definitely leave her husband for a DILF ghost, Taylor. And I'm the 90 million American dollars it took to make this fucking movie, Jemmy. And this is The Final Girl Files. This week, we watched, uh, experienced, suffered through 2003's The Haunted Mansion, directed by Rob Minkoff and starring Eddie Murphy, Marsha Thompson, Terrence Stamp, Jennifer Tilly, Nathaniel Parker, and Wallace Shawn. (laughs) And based on the attraction at uh, various Disney parks, it started in Disneyland, but I think all of them have one now. Yeah. So, uh, a little known fact about Taylor and I, and when I say little known fact, I mean everyone knows this about us, <laughs> is that we're both big, like, theme park aficionados, especially the Disney parks, and especially the Haunted Mansion. So, the reason, basically, that we're watching this is because we just want to talk about the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Two years ago, I was on a different podcast to talk about this movie. Ah, uh, yes. Zillennial Canon. Check out the episode. It's great. Uh, check out Zillennial Canon in general. Friends of the pod. Their 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 podcast is very good. But, yes. like, that is the extent to which this movie has and will continue to plague my life. <laughs> um. So, Taylor, I'm going to ask you a, a little bit of a spin on our usual first question of the uh, episode. Can you please tell us first your memories with the ride and then your memories with the movie? I was deeply afraid of the Haunted Mansion ride for most of my young life. Um, It scared the living fuck out of me. It was, uh, I had this Disney sing-along VHS that had a bit where they sang Grim Grinning Ghosts. And I used to fast forward through it because it terrified me. (laughs) And I didn't go on the ride until I was like 16. So, (laughs) but with my, with uh, with regards to my experience with the movie... Uh, this movie also scared the fuck out of me, and I would watch it in, like, bits and pieces whenever it was on Disney Channel. Um, so, like, most of my memories with this movie are, like, watching it from, like, behind my couch, you know? <laughs> yeah, because we were both <laughs> Which is scared- dumb, um, because this movie is not scary. <laughs> we were both scaredy cat kids. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. Those are my memories. Um, so the Haunted Mansion also terrified me as a child, Strangely enough, like, I was scared of just, like, the concept of it. Like, I, I I, only got into the ride, like, the third time I tried to go on it. Like, the first time, I didn't even get in line. The second time, I saw, like, a scary guy at the door and, like, turned around and said, no, fuck this. Um, and the third time, I got inside, but I wasn't expecting <clears throat> the foyer spiel. And Mm -hmm. it scared me, so I grabbed my poor aunt by the wrist and dragged her out as they were closing the doors. Um, So the, I think it was the third time me and my family went to Disney World. I was like, okay, I am going to learn everything I possibly can about this ride. And then I won't be scared of it because I'll know what to to expect. Uh, And that worked a little too well (laughs) because it like developed into a huge hyperfixation of mine um to the point where like okay so one of the things i tell myself a lot is that i will never get a hyperfixation tattoo like because i know they come and go so quickly however i do have a haunted mansion tattoo so that should tell you how i feel about this ride it's very important to me it's kind of the reason why this podcast exists and it's also how taylor and i met that is so true 
we have deep emotional bonds to the haunted mansion. Um, and we met um, online in like haunted mansion fandom spaces, and oh god, yeah, the fan fiction I've read, uh, the uh, the role playing I've done, the uh, oh god, uh, like amount of times I've watched the same fucking ride through video uh. on YouTube. My love for this ride goes so deep and it is an inextricable part of me as a human being. Exactly. It's also kind of why this podcast exists because uh, if you've listened to our episode on the woman in black, you know that my friend in the haunted mansion fandom was the one to reach out to me and be like, Hey, uh, this movie looks like it has like haunted mansion vibes and like the kind of thing that you'd enjoy. Uh, and as you all know, again from that episode, The Woman in Black was the movie that sent me down the horror movie track that I am very happily riding now. So we're all here today talking because of The Haunted Mansion and not just because this episode is about the 2003 movie. It's true. My memories with the 2003 movie, I didn't see it in theaters. We rented it, I believe, one night from a blockbuster video, which is dating oh, me. but classic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we watched it. And it was also kind of one of those movies. Because this movie was on Disney Channel a lot. In like, ho- like around it really Halloween. was. That was that was like mostly where I watched it. was just like on Disney Channel. Yeah. And ABC Family. This movie sucks, Taylor. <laughs> it's this Guys, this movie, it's really, really bad. Actually, let me just get it out of the way really quick. I know this movie does have its fans. You are all valid. You are wonderful. Please continue enjoying what you enjoy. We don't enjoy Don't this. listen to the rest of this podcast. Don't listen to the rest of this podcast because we are going to trash this movie to hell and back. Like, I'm sorry. I had no idea that this movie had fans. It does. But I, I respect I, them more than... I literally respect the people who love this movie more than the U.S. Marines. Genuinely, yeah. You guys If agree. you can find something to love in this movie, like, you are so powerful. Truly. Like, okay, I can find things that I can point out about this movie that I think are okay. I also have, like, like, things that I think are good. This movie has good things in it. Like, it does. It's just... It's just so bogged down by, like, the genre that they wanted to try and shove this into. Like, I just think... Okay, I want to start out this, this discussion. Okay. With the discussion of how Disney, historically, has no fucking clue how to market the Haunted Mansion. It's so true. At all. Like, and it's because I've been in Haunted Mansion, like, fandom spaces since the late aughts. And back then, like, the merchandise you could get for the Haunted Mansion was all kind of, like, collector's stuff. Like, it that cost upwards of $100. Like, it was all, like, fancy shit. You couldn't... There weren't, like... There weren't even, like, Haunted Mansion t-shirts you could buy in the parks. Like, the, all they sold was, like, Nightmare Before Christmas shirts at the at like the gift shops surrounding the Haunted Mansion in both like Disneyland and Disney World. And it's only recently that I think Disney has slowly started to realize that like this ride has a huge massive fan base and that they can sell things to them. But even then, they just don't know what to do with it. Like every piece of Haunted Mansion media it completely misses the mark of what makes the ride fun. And it's it's deeply frustrating for someone who is, like, a fan of the ride. And the thing, too, is, like, okay, we are getting a Muppet crossover before we are getting just, like, a straight-up, like, attempt at rebooting the movie. I mean, we are getting one of those. 
is is the but, thing. Oh, but okay. But are we though? No. <laughs> but are we though, Jemmy? No. Because at this point, I'm starting to think that it is never going to happen. Well, no, they've been, like, announcing stuff about, like, a recent one with, like, the Ghostbusters writer. They have, like, a writer and a director and actors cast. Like, it's potentially I happening. still refuse to believe that it will happen until it is, <laughs> until I am, like, watching it with my eyeballs. Because, <laughs> motherfucker, we had Guillermo del Toro attached. Fair we enough. had Ryan Gosling attached to Star. And Fair then enough. it never happened. Because Disney are cowards. I think one of the things that, like really hinders the Haunted Mansion as a property being adapted is the fact that it's Disney and Disney like needs to appeal to the widest possible audience so they can't go like as weird and dark as I think a Haunted Mansion movie should be which is also why I never want them to fucking touch Phantom Manor for a movie ever yeah should we get into the plot of this movie (sighs) yeah because it's not good it's not good it's it's like literally every single like family comedy from this era has the same exact plot you have the workaholic dad who needs to learn to appreciate his family that's and that's like what the fuck does that have to do with the haunted mansion i could literally name like six other movies from around this time period that do this exact thing like i get that if you're like fuck how do we do a Haunted Mansion movie, you're like, I guess we'll just default to, like, the standard family movie plot. But, like, I don't know, at least Hook, like, Steven Spielberg has daddy issues, so it makes sense that (laughs) Hook is about what it's about. Like, this is just, like, nothing. I mean, Hook is still fun, is the thing. (laughs) Hook is a good movie, is the thing. You know what's weird? Okay, so, uh, as part of my research for this episode, I delved into the sacred text aka uh the haunted mansion from the magic kingdom to the movies by jason sorrell which i have three copies of we love it we love to see Um, it it's funny like recent copies of this book have like completely cut out the section where they talk about the movie (laughs) (laughs) um but i did i do what what is it what is it called um i think it's like the haunted mansion imagineering a disney classic or something like that oh that's fucking hilarious i have both versions so i uh, and I, until this podcast, I had never actually like read the bits about the movie because I wasn't interested in it. <laughs> but like, so respect apparently, and like this completely like blows my tinfoil hat off because my tinfoil hat was that uh, this movie is just like a gen- like started its life as a generic haunted house script, and like Disney just grabbed it and said, "Make this a haunted mansion." But apparently, from like the beginning, like they wanted. Like, the three elements that they really wanted to have were Leota, the hitchhiking ghosts, and a family spending the night in the Haunted Mansion. And apparently, the hitchhiking ghosts, which are, for those not in the know, extremely iconic characters in the uh, Haunted Mansion ride, were cut back because, quote-unquote, having three supporting characters chiming in was overwhelming. And I'm paraphrasing that. But, like... The maid and the butler in this movie are fine. <laughs> okay. So, like, okay. Actually, so I also want to about- point out about the story. Can I point one more th- cool thing about the story? I actually thought this was too interesting. The original drafts had Jim Evers, which is the, the name of the main character that Eddie Murphy portrays, um, as an attorney. And I thought that was very, like, woman in black. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought that was, like, kind of a... I thought that could have, like, potentially been, like, a fun nod to the woman in black, but he's a real estate agent now. But we live in the darkest timeline. Okay, about the hitchhiking ghosts. Yes. They cast Deep Roy as one of the hitchhiking ghosts. Wait, like... Was that him as Gus? Yes! Shit! Why? What? Why? Why? Like Arcane use... from the Willy Wonka remake, Deep Roy. They had Deep Roy as Gus and they didn't fucking use him for more than like a five second cameo. This is the thing that Disney runs into all the time with the Haunted Mansion is that they really feel the need to have like mortal characters involved. And like, I'm sorry, I don't go to a Haunted Mansion movie to see if Jim Evers is going to reconnect with his wife and kids. I go to the Haunted Mansion movie to see fucking ghosts. I want to go see, I want to see the characters in the ride being characters. Like, I don't care about, like, your, it's the Transformers problem. Every, like, Transformers, and, like, I I don't know that much about Transformers, I just have a friend that does, but, like, every Transformers media has to have human characters, and it's the same problem, and they're always annoying, and it's the same problem with the Haunted Mansion. Like, I don't care about these living people. I don't. Just make a movie about the ghosts. It's not that hard. I, okay. So, we have not talked about the plot of the movie yet. <laughs> okay, yes. Let's get, in, let's get into the plot of the movie <laughs> properly. So, Eddie Murphy is the worst character ever, yeah. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy plays, like, the shittiest human being who you He's are so inexplicably awful. supposed to care about and root for. He's so awful. I noticed, I didn't know, I haven't noticed this somehow, like, in my previous viewings of this movie. He's a terrible father. He's, He's a terrible son- father. He's a terrible husband. He's a douchebag. He's mean. And he thinks he's funny, but he's not. And the worst part is, like... Eddie Murphy is a good actor. This was like, this was pre-Shrek Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, Shrek was 04. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah, Eddie Murphy's a good actor. Eddie Murphy can be funny. Like, we know he can do it. So like, it's just like, I Eddie Murphy has the ability to play charming, likable leads. I have literally seen him do it. This character is written so just like, he's just an asshole. He's the worst. He's so bad. He's mean to his fucking kids all the time. He lets his kids just like waltz into danger. He in fact encourages his children to waltz into danger. And like- When he made the daughter- Go down to get the key in the fucking water. Oh my god! Why did you make her do that, sir? That's your child! That's your fucking child! Why are you like- why? Okay, why are you not- Why are you taking your kids on this whole little adventure anyway? Like, going out to the graveyard, you should have just told the kids, Hey, stay in this room where it's safe and I'm gonna handle this because I'm your father. Like, and then he he just lets them do whatever, and then he's fucking surprised when they get captured by the villain at the end. Like, motherfucker, you should have just put them in their bedroom and fucking locked them there instead of letting them wander around this haunted house with you. He is such- he's so bad. And, like, I, I don't know why I didn't realize this beforehand, like, but watching it this time around, I was like, what the fuck? This man is a terrible parent. He is terrible! 
And he, okay, so here's the thing. I was thinking about Mrs. Doubtfire when I was watching this movie. Because Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire is a bad dad. He's not good at being a dad, but he loves his kids and he's a good person. You know what I mean? Like you can have a character who is bad at being a father and bad at being a husband and still communicate to the audience that this person has a good heart and that they are trying their best and that they just need to learn how to be better at being a husband and father. And you never get that impression with uh, Jim Evers. No, Ever. you never. You, I, I I do not believe that Jim Evers has any like affection for his wife outside of possessiveness. Truly. He only cares about his wife insofar as he's making jokes about, like, oh, she's macking on another guy. This guy's trying to fuck my wife. Like, it's 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 really like he sees Sarah as, like, an object. Truly. That he Ugh. needs to, like, possess. And he's only mad when she, <laughs> when she finds a guy who actually <laughs> treats her good. This movie could have been improved so much if he just... Cut out the dad, cut out the family, just make it about Sarah. Just just make it about Sarah. You don't need a family angle. And I know this is Disney, so of course you need a family angle. But, like, just make it about, like, Sarah shacking up with this Dilf ghost. Yeah, like, if, if this movie had just been about, like, a female real estate agent who gets lured to this house because this guy is convinced that she's the reincarnation of his dead wife, that would have been an interesting movie. But like, and I'm forbid. mad that that is not the plot of the movie because the scenes with Sarah and Master Gracie are so good. They're really good. Okay, let's just let's just get one thing out of the way. Anything with like Edward and Elizabeth is very good. That could have so been good. A good. The opening of this movie slaps so fucking hard. If like this movie would have been fucking unstoppable if it had just been as good as the opening like two minutes. Although, can I just say? Um, within the first two minutes of this movie, there are definite titties and debatable cock. Because we do see the lover's tarot card. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> we do see oh my God. the lover's tarot card, and it is like the usual design of the lover's tarot card, where the man and the woman are naked. <laughs> I just love the phrase, definite titties and debatable cock. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie with my brother and he was the one who pointed that out so thank you Jace <laughs> thank you Jace because I didn't notice and then okay. we see and then, okay and then we see a corpse like there was a time where you it you could like turn on Disney Channel around Halloween and see like a dead body not an actual this dead sure, body you obviously. do see a for sure corpse hanging from the ceiling like, that for sure does happen in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Again, there was a time where you could turn on the TV, turn it onto Disney Channel around Halloween, and just see a dead body. Do you think Disney Channel still shows this movie? I bet they do. I bet they fucking do. I'm sure they do. I think, I, I know for sure ABC Family does, because I do still watch ABC Family around Halloween. It's because, but like, they Disney doesn't have, like, that many spooky movies, so they're, like... Uh, dearth to choose from is very small, so I'm sure they still show the Haunted Mansion. Like, okay. So, 
Okay, wait a minute. While we're talking about actors in this movie, Terrence Stamp is okay. I was. Movie. <laughs> I have so many notes about Terrence Stamp. <laughs> Terrence Stamp is giving this movie a thousand and twelve percent, and it does not deserve it. They do not Terrence deserve Stamp. him. Oh my god, Terrence Stamp put his whole pussy into the role of Ramsley. <laughs> He's so good in this movie, and he has, like, the exact right look for this movie. They don't deserve him. This movie does not deserve him. I literally wrote in my notes, like, why is Terrence Stamp so good at being this character? <laughs> He's so good in this movie. And, like, for and for what? <laughs> Yeah, for, like, this movie doesn't deserve Terrence Stamp as Ramsley. Like, number one, like, I just... Oh, by the way, I have something to say about Ramsley. A dark realization that I had during the movie. Taylor! No, I'm not about to say... I'm not about to say that. You're not about... Okay, you're not about to tell me right now on this podcast. No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Thank God. I'm not... I'm not that far gone yet. Yet. Maybe at some point, but not now. Okay. Ramsley's motivation is just Forte from Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. He's like racist Forte. He is. He's racist Forte. And I realized this during the movie and I was like, God fucking damn it. Can we just like briefly touch upon the fact that like, so uh, Edward and Elizabeth, Edward is like an upper class a high society man in Louisiana in the 1800s, and Elizabeth is a black woman. And the movie the can't... thing, too, is that, like, I think she's also supposed to be upper class? I don't think she is. She has that pimped out dress and she that wig. She does have that pimped out dress. I don't know, though, because, like, I seem to recall, like, something in, like, an extra, like... What? Because Ramsley says like she's lower class. Ramsley tries to use classism to to like s- basically say like she wasn't right for you, Edward. But like the movie can't come out and say it. But like it's it's just it's racism. It's racism. It sure is. It's racism, and the movie can't say it, and it's very like awkward. Like it very awkwardly dances around the fact that like racism is a pivotal plot point in Edward and Elizabeth's story. <laughs> It's very weird. Like, they, uh, I'm gonna be honest, like, it feels like Elizabeth should have just been white, but they didn't want Eddie Murphy to be in an interracial marriage. In the oh movie. my god! Also, like, I, I just think they should have gone with the Disney World Haunted Mansion and not done the... Disneyland one because it just raises a lot of questions. When the you're license a- plate on the car says Louisiana. There's no way around it. Like there's a plantation style mansion in this movie, and you can't like, like it's when you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, like okay, so they like try to bring in design elements from both of the mansions in, which in mm-hmm. theory very sexy. But in practice, the Disneyland mansion is a plantation house. Yeah, like it's so it just it does raise a lot of questions about Edward and Elizabeth. Questions which, of course, you cannot answer in a PG Disney movie. Yeah. And like, it's just like they should have just made it fucking 
colonial, like, New York fucking, like, Massachusetts shit, like, Disney World mansion. Apparently early versions of the script were set in upstate New York. So, like, why didn't they just keep that? That's so fucked up that that, they, like, they made the conscious choice to change it. Guys? I can't. I'm sure there is reasoning because I read that in that like haunted mansion book, um, and I can't remember the reasoning, but uh, I I I don't want to, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to go back in there. Um, while we're on the subject of like design in this movie, I hear a lot of people say that the sets in this movie are really good, and like they are, they are, they are very pretty. But on the other hand, they're so bright. They're so bright and they're so warm. And they're and they're they so cluttered. They're so cluttered. I just one of my notes is just this movie looks like Phantom of the Opera 2004 wherein I also Joel, wrote that. <laughs> wherein Joel Schumacher thought that like he could make a frame better by shoving so much shit into it. Like the set for Master Gracie's study is so cluttered. Like there's so much shit in every frame of that like scene. And it's like why? Why? This it also ugly. feels to me. It also feels to me like a point-and-click video game. Oh my god! Shut, like, like shut you know, up. Like one of those. You know, like one of those video games from like the nineties, where like, uh, like it was like a PC game where like it was like a mystery and like y- they w- you would they would present you with just an incredibly cluttered old-fashioned room and you had to like find clues. Taylor, this is driving me insane because I the foyer of the haunted mansion in this movie i'm like what why does this strike me as so familiar and it's because it it's like straight out of a 90s video game straight out of a 90s point and click game oh my god like this is literally just like one of those fucking pc games that you would have downloaded on your your school computer and you'd get finished with type to learn and your teacher would be like okay you can play a game also, and so you play this stupid point-and-click game where just the screen is cluttered with objects that you can click yes. and discover things. Except it's a movie! <laughs> also, like, none of them look like the ride. Like, none of the- like, there's one- there's, like, maybe one or two sets that look like the ride, and that's it. The dining room kind of looks like the ride. There's that one shot of the portrait hallway that is, like, straight lifted from the ride. And that looks good. Like, that's a good, like, set for a Haunted Mansion movie. But, like, everything else, it's so warm, is the thing. The colors are so warm. Like, when I think of the Haunted Mansion, I think of, like, purple, green, blue, all these, like, cool colors. But, like, there's wood paneling everywhere, and everything is red. And I'm like, why? Why? This isn't a good, like... This isn't Crimson fucking Peak. Like, what? Why? Yeah, it just looks, it looks so wrong. And like the opening scene too, everything is red and gold and brown. And it's like, this is not the Haunted Mansion palette. Like, you guys, have you been on the ride? (laughs) It just... Okay, can we go back to talking about Terrence Stamp because I really do. I want to have I want to have a moment for Terrence Stamp's voice that he does in this movie Mm -hmm. because it is so good. It's so good. It's like wavering, like 
creepy butler. He's so like it's it's so perfect for a haunted mansion movie. But I think one of my favorite parts in this movie is the bit where Sarah picks up the phone at the beginning and Ramsley is like talking to her on the phone telling her to like come to the haunted mansion and he's like I saw your advertisement in the paper. <laughs> okay, we need, could I just briefly touch upon um so after like the the flashback opening of this movie we see like a kid drive up to like the abandoned Gracie Manor and like stand at the gate and then something like a ghost scares him and he drives away and like the you see like the ad for Evers and Evers real estate which is uh Eddie Murphy and Marsha Thompson's real estate like whatever and they start blowing away in the wind and the implication you're supposed to get is that like oh Ramsley found one like one of these advertisements like blew to where Ramsley could find it so like that kid is the villain of this movie <laughs> That kid, everything in this movie happens because that kid. I would also like to say, briefly, yes. I would like to say that, um, so Rob M- Meinkoff, who directed this movie, also oh directed God. The Lion King. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up as well, sir. And I just, how do you go from like one of the greatest movies of the Disney Renaissance? To be fair, he was not the only director of The Lion King. Oh, yeah, I imagine, like, and I imagine, like, director situations are kind of different when you're working on an animated movie versus a live-action movie. But he also directed Stuart Little, which is also, like, a good movie. Yeah. Stuart Little is, like, a good kids' movie. Oh, yeah, I remember, like, I haven't seen Stuart Little in years, but I remember enjoying it as a child. Neither have I, but, like, I feel like I remember liking it. So just, like... I don't... (laughs) Like how, how did do this you happen? how do you fuck it up this bad? How did this happen, sir? I oh god, Rob, Rob, bud, Rob, why did you do this? Actually, that brings up kind of an interest. Like, a, a, I can segue this into an interesting point that I was thinking about a lot because as I was reading that the uh, Magic Kingdom to the Movies book, one of the things that was like really heavily emphasized was that. Um, hold on, let me. I, I have a little bit about it in my notes. Um. Okay, so what they wanted to do with this movie was, like, not completely retread the ride, which I guess makes sense for, like, an adaptation. But also, I feel like they leaned way too hard in the opposite direction of, like, oh, we're just going to homage the ride. And it's like, but now it's just not the Haunted Mansion. Now it's just, now you're just taking all these characters that, like, we as the audience who, like, the Haunted Mansion came to see and, like, relegating them to little, like, cameos in the graveyard or, I don't know, in the, like, a porch on the wall. Like, you would think in a in a ride full of so many, like, iconic characters, you would be able to, like, incorporate some of them into the story. But, like, they just don't. And it's so baffling. I would like to say, <clears throat> Jennifer Tilly, my wife Jennifer Tilly... As Madame yep. Leota, like oh. A plus casting, Such first good of all. Casting. She's very good in this. She's perfect and she's funny. She's so good. She's the only funny, funny, like, part of this movie. I, I will admit that this movie did get me at one point when uh, Eddie Murphy, I forget what he even asks her, but she looks up at him with this really annoyed expression on her face and she goes, Listen, I don't make the rules, I just work here. 
Yeah, that's like the line I remember a lot. As a, like, like I remember, I, like, like okay, I, I, I laughed at that. You got me. <laughs> you got me, Ricky. Thanks, Rickless Rat. The rat in charge, a a powerful rat, a powerful rat. But we are more powerful. That's true. Anyway, um, yeah, I just she is so good in this movie. She's so like, good in this. And, and like every scene with her is delightful. Like the scene where her resp- like like her first response to Eddie Murphy walking into her séance room is to just strap this motherfucker into a chair and just spin him around the room until he's about to throw up for no reason. Queen like, shit. Like I just love her. Queen shit. And of course, you know, this movie does realize the extremely important part of Marin Leota's characterization in that she is a MILF. True. So very true. But also, and I said this on when I was on the Zillennial canon. Yeah. I would just appreciate if the movie did not call her slurs all of the time. I literally, one of my notes is just a lot of slurs in this one. <laughs> and like, the thing is, like, not it's only so do true. they call her slurs, but like, like, Jennifer Tilly's a white woman. <laughs> Yeah, like okay, she's a white just, woman, and they're calling her like Roma, like uh, uh, the the slur that begins with G that he's used for Romani people. Yep. Um, which like again, it I guess I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not even going to try to make excuses for those people. They should have fucking known better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every five seconds, someone was calling her the G word, and I was like, "Oh, guys, maybe, guys, like, <laughs> maybe we, maybe you should cool your jets on that one a little bit. Pull back, maybe. Like, you can just call her a fortune teller." <laughs> yeah, like there really was no reason for them to keep doing that. Also, um, was this movie the reason why they added musical instruments when they redid the ride in like two thousand six? I feel like the musical instruments were always there, or am I wrong? No, I, I I think they were added. I I see. The thing is, uh, in the ride, like Madame Leota's incantations do reference musical instruments, so I'm hesitant to say yes because it could have just been like a decision made like uh, outside of the realm of the haunted mansion movie. Because Disney Disney dropped this movie like a hot potato real fast. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Um, Other than continuing to air it on Disney Channel forever, they just really like to pretend that this movie never happened. I don't blame them. I would if I made this movie, I'd also pretend it never happened. <laughs> to be fair, also like this was part of like a string of movies that came out in like the post Pirates of the Caribbean world, where they were trying to capitalize on that movie's like success. So like you also got that like horrible, like uncanny valley country bears movie. Oh my god. Hey Taylor, do you think there's a universe out there where like this movie was the Pirates of the Caribbean that was like really, really good and like revitalized a whole genre of film and Pirates of the Caribbean just bombed spectacularly? I don't want to think about that because that means that in that universe they they added animatronics of Eddie Murphy into the ride. I I remember hearing rumors all the time, like that that had been a possibility of what might have happened to the haunted mansion if like the movie had done well. They were gonna like re- put Eddie Murphy in there and like replace uh, Leota Tombs with Jennifer Tilly, 
And I don't know how true that is because like it's it was just a rumor, but I remember hearing that all the time. I I don't even want to entertain that as a possibility of having ever happened. Hor- it's just horrifying. Absolutely I would like horrifying. to imagine that the the Imagineers are smarter than that. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so incredibly dark-sided to think about. <laughs> like, I really think we should just change the subject because now I'm picturing, like, parts of the ride where, like, Eddie Murphy just, like, pops his head out. <laughs> where, where would you put Eddie Murphy in the Haunted Mansion? Nowhere! <laughs> if you had to. If you had to put him in one place, where would you put him? Gun to my head, I have to put an Eddie Murphy in the Haunted Mansion ride. Um, <laughs> the I Usher Staircase... I- I have a I have a good answer, I think. It's I, no, mine is the Escher staircase. I just make him want to constance his husband's. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Anyway, back to the movie. We we can't talk about the ride the whole time, unfortunately. You know what's even funnier is that this movie came out before Constance was added oh, yeah. into the ride. Pre-Constance world this movie was released into. Although I will say, even if Constance had existed, like, she would have just been relegated to a cameo, so I think I'm fine with it. And also, like, Elizabeth is supposed to be the beating heart bride, so, like, the whole plot probably would have been different. Um, While we're on the subject of Elizabeth as a bride, can we talk about how ugly that wedding dress is? No, I said the dress was cute. <laughs> See, the thing is, okay, it's not ugly, maybe. I wrote down that the dress was cute. No, you know what? The dress, it's fine. You know what's ugly is that horrible hair that they put on Sarah. I just, I just need to touch upon the fact- What the fuck is that hairdo? I just need to touch upon the fact that this dress is not historical in the slightest. This looks like a, like, if it's anything, it's like a Regency dress? Ish. Yeah, which is which is weird because when you see the outfits at the beginning, this looks like 1700s, maybe like early 1800s, maybe or like Georgian. I don't know, but the wedding dress has like a like an empire waist. It's very Regency, which is strange. Yeah, it's very weird. I probably shouldn't have said ugly. It's just weird for the time period. It doesn't look historical at all. And the hair is fucking ugly. The hair is ugly. The hair is hideous. Why do they the do that The hair is hideous. The like, the like pearlescent early 2000s white eyeshadow that they oh threw on Oh my god! Why did they do this? Marsha Thompson is gorgeous. Why did they do this to her? Uh, although I will say, one costume that I thought was phenomenal in this movie was not even one of the period costumes. It was Marsha Thompson's peach power suit that she wears. Queen. Oh my god, I want it so bad. It's very good. It's a very good. She's a very pretty lady. It's gorgeous and she's beautiful. And like, that dress just like it complements her skin tone so well and like I don't know, just like the lacy white shirt underneath. It's such a cute, like, it's like a business outfit, but it's still cute. And like, I just really like that that outfit. And I, it just sucks that the wedding dress is so fucking ugly. The wedding dress like, is ugh. so bad. It's so bad. Like, what is I it? I think it says, I think it says a lot that when Elizabeth comes back, like, as a ghost. <laughs> She's in the she gold ball She chooses not to manifest in the wedding dress. 
She was like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> she knew how ugly that thing was. Also, I have some questions about the logistics of this movie. Can we move into that? Let's do it. Because I have a, 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 I have, I was about to say that I have a few questions, but I have so many questions. Go for it. So, why is Elizabeth a glowing blue ball and everyone else is like a person ghost? I always assumed that was some kind of product of the curse. Like, Ramsley making sure she doesn't have the energy to, like, manifest properly as a person, but can only, like, gather enough energy to be, like, an orb. Okay, so it's like in Haunted Mansion Fix when Leota is evil and she makes Lily uh, only be able to be in the portrait. It's like Destiny at the Haunted Mansion. Yes, Taylor. Sorry, now I'm just referencing Haunted Mansion fandom esoterica. If you don't know who Lily is, if you don't know Destiny of the Haunted Mansion. Um, we could explain, but that's a completely different podcast. If you like the Haunted Mansion, go read the fanfic Destiny of the Haunted Mansion on fanfiction.net by Aquarian Wolf. It is so good. Seminal fanfiction classic Destiny of the Haunted Mansion. It is what every- this movie deserved to be, quite Truly. frankly. Truly. If if I, the if, listen. if if Disney had any balls, they would have hired fanfiction.net user Mer Aquarian Wolf to write this movie. Listen, listen to me. I'm listening. Everything I say, everything that big rant I went on at the beginning uh, about mortal characters in the Haunted Mansion goes out the window for Destiny Chalmers. She's wonderful. I love her. She is the only person. That I care about. The only living person in the Haunted Mansion that I give a fuck about. The only valid mortal. (laughs) So true. So true. Okay, let's talk about the movie. Because if we start talking anymore about Destiny at the Haunted Mansion, it's going to get esoteric and no one's going to listen to this podcast episode. Again, like this is just going on the list of things that we'll have to talk about on our Patreon-only episodes when we get around to making those. (laughs) Yes. What were we saying before we started talking about Um, this? Okay, so here's another question that I have about the logistics of this movie. Go for it. What is the curse? <laughs> what you know what? That's a good fucking question, Taylor. Um, okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna twist that question a little bit. Why do we need a curse? Why do we need a curse? The consent of the original Haunted Mansion ride is not that all the ghosts are cursed to be there. It's that it's a retirement home for ghosts, and they're all just kind of vibing there in the afterlife. Why do we need a fucking curse? Like, I understand we need, like, drag tension in a story, but also, like, every single piece of Haunted Mansion media is like, ooh, it's a curse. They're all cursed to be here. They're miserable. Like, no, they're having a fucking party in the graveyard, you weirdos. Do you not remember what happened in your own ride? At the very least. And here is the thing that I think, and Destiny of the Haunted Mansion did this, so, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't come up with this. But, like, if you're gonna do a curse thing... The movie should end with the curse being lifted and Master Gracie being like, I think now I'm going to make my house into a retirement home for ghosts. Yes, thank you. So then you set up the ride. That is the only way that I think that a Haunted Mansion thing could do the curse and still have it fit with the tone of the ride. That's perfect. Like, it's it writes itself. I'm sorry. Come on, guys. Like, like, okay, I completely understand that you're like, okay, we're going to do a curse thing where everyone's trapped here to build tension. Fine. Just have the curse be lifted at the end and George Gracie be like, George Gracie. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's how deep we in, guys. It's how deep we're in. It's George Gracie is like the fandom preferred headcanon name for Master Gracie. Edward Gracie, as he is referred to in this movie. <laughs> just have Edward Gracie be like, okay, now I'm going to just open up my home to any ghosts who want to just come and vibe. And you know what? There was a bit in the Haunted Mansion to the Magic Kingdom to the movies where they were talking about how they wanted... I have a paraphrased quote here. It was important to make sure the movie felt like it came before the attraction. Like, this would have been a perfect segue into the attraction that we know. So wait. Is that why Edward says to... um? Jim at the end he goes you could do whatever you want with the house sell it keep it whatever makes you happy and then fucks off oh my god are we to assume that Eddie Murphy turned the haunted mansion into the ghost retirement home I oh my god oh my god that's why Madame Leota and the singing busts don't go to heaven oh Taylor Taylor I hate this Taylor I hate this Wait, I'm literally just realizing this. Taylor, I hate this. I hate this, Taylor. It's because they chose to stay to help Jim turn the house into the ghost retirement home. I'm going to kill myself. I hate this. I hate this. I hate that you're right. (laughs) This is the worst thing we could have possibly discovered over the course of this episode. I feel... Also, I I feel so, I have seen this movie so many times, and that just fully did not click. I do have to say, I do prefer the interpretation where (laughs) Leona didn't go to heaven because she's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That is the interpretation that I did put forward on the Zillennial canon, and I feel like it is a funnier explanation, but I think that what the writers were thinking (laughs) was that she stays to help. Yeah. Yeah. I do see I like the the witch interpretation better because then it suggests that the singing busts have committed atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> what atrocities do you think they committed? War crimes. <laughs> I think they did the war crimes. Busts did war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> This movie did this to us. I hate this movie. Oh, keep it down. Oh, keep it down. I was oh, like yes, tormenting my brother singing along to that, down. to like their scene. I, I just, so, oh God, I can't get over how upsetting that realization it's, that I just It's had bad. Is. It's bad. And I'm not thinking about it. I'm not. I can't. Like, if I think about that too hard, my brain will just go and break in half. Hold on for a second, because that's also why they explicitly make sure that we know that Master Gracie is not the ghost host. Those bastards. Because he has to go to heaven at the end. Disney, like, can't decide who the ghost host is. I hate all of this. I hate everything about this movie. I hate that that actually makes internal sense. I, I despise this. I absolutely fucking despise this. Although I would also like to say, can we go back? Because yeah. just what what is the curse? What is the is it just okay? Who put Did the it, curse on the house? Number one, um, number two. Why does Elizabeth um like kissing Edward or getting married to Edward break the curse? 
Like, why does that now mean that the ghosts can go to heaven? Well, okay, is it is it them getting married, or is it, like, Edward finding out the truth about what happened? Like, is that oh, what no. makes the curse? They, 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 I think that at one point they do say, like, when he knows the truth, the curse will break. Yeah, but that still doesn't explain who put the curse on the house. Like, did Ramsley make Leota do it? Like, did Ramsley just do dark magic himself? Okay, so, like, I think... Mm, okay. Wait a minute. So I'm pretty sure the implication... Because Ramsley does summon that big fire dragon at the end. Yeah, there's a big fire dragon in this movie. Which just, like, immediately drags him to hell, I guess. So, like, I guess we are to assume that he, like, does dark magic. Did he, like, do a Henry Ravenswood and make a deal with the devil? Wait, I'm, like, mad because, like, I was originally like, oh, this movie Shit. makes no logical sense. Does this but, make like, sense? Everything about this movie does kind of line up and make sense. Okay, but it makes sense in a way that, like, you have to think about it. Because we have, how many times have we seen this movie over the years and we're only just figuring out the internal logic now? Are we just stupid? <laughs> yeah, I just, okay. So I'm pretty sure Ramsley put the curse on the house because he, but that doesn't explain why the fire dragon immediately kills him. Well, yeah, he's, well, Taylor, he said the word hell, so. <laughs> I love that they obviously did that line and the bit where Eddie Murphy tells his son not to say the word crap just so they wouldn't have a G rating. True. Like, you really just couldn't throw in a damn somewhere. Maybe a good old ass. Like, come on. Well, they did. Oh, yeah, you're right. They did. When Ramsley says, damn you all to hell. <laughs> Which is funny. <sighs> I'm, like, mad that this movie actually does make, like, logistical sense. Because I was about to come in, like, guns blazing with, like, ooh, like, I was about to go, like, full cinema sins. Like, this movie, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Ah, the plot holes. But, like, actually, it, like, actually God does make it. sense. Okay, but, like, it makes sense, like... But you have to really think about it more than you should have to think about a movie like this. That's true. I it's it's still a bad movie, but at least it's not at least there are no plot holes. At least it's not completely nonsensical. I still think that um the costumes being like from like five hundred different <laughs> period eras is really, really funny. Extremely true. Also, why was Edward in a military uniform? Are we to assume that he's a veteran? He, this man brought a sword to his wedding. King shit, quite frankly. Why did he bring a sword to his wedding? Okay, if you were, if you had the option to bring a sword to your wedding, would you not? Yeah, that's true. Like, Another I one for the list the of male characters with the soul of a lesbian, because like only a lesbian would bring a sword to their wedding. You're absolutely right. Edward and Elizabeth kind of are balanced rights. They Let's really see. are. Like, that's what makes me even angrier is that, like, so the entire backstory for this movie, including Ramsley, I feel like if you put that into a movie with better protagonists, then that would just be fine. Like, no, I, I don't have issues with the backstory. Oh, yeah, me neither. Mostly because it's just kind of Phantom Manor. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, a villain who is just motivated by being just, like, a racist dickhead. And it's not like, I'm here to conquer the world. I'm not here to, like, fucking, like, do, like, war crimes or, like, be evil. I just really don't want 
the guy I work for to, to do miscegenation. Like, he's willing to literally make a deal with the devil to stop an interracial marriage from happening. What a prick. Like, that's like, kind. that's, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's, it's something. Like, it's, but then again, you would have to be, you would have to like not dance around it like the movie does. Yeah, I mean... See, I don't want to go down this road because then we're just yeah. going to be like pitching a like script Better. rewrite for this movie. Uh, I still, you know, I have said once cut, that can... I do really want to just like write a better version of this script. And I think I might actually do that one of these days. Do you have anything else? I do. I have so much. Please. So I know that we said this earlier. Uh-huh. But I do, I do genuinely think that Sarah and Edward have so much more chemistry than Sarah and Jim do. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, I think it's helped by the fact that Nathaniel Parker is just truly playing Edward Gracie. Like, like he's like, this is my Mr. Darcy. He's very charming. He's a very charming. He's just, he gives a very charming performance. Like, I could see, like, um, I, I could absolutely see, like, Colin Firth playing this role. Like, any, oh, yeah. like, any, like, actor who is sort of typecast as, like, period hottie. Mm-hmm. Like, I could totally see playing this role. And Nathaniel Parker absolutely brings his whole, like, his whole Mr. Darcy game to this part. He absolutely does. And it just, oh my god. And, like, I actually was, like, kind of feeling emotions when, um... During the scene where um, Edward is, like, pleading with Sarah to remember that she's Elizabeth. Like, just the the drama in that scene could have carried a whole movie. You don't need, like, this whole family subplot. Again, Again. just have it be her. That's like, all I under- you need. I understand that this is Disney and you, like, need... And this this was, like, Disney in, like, the early aughts. So, of course, you need, like, a family whatever but like come on just make it about her i feel like disney would do that plot line now yeah like like especially considering like the jungle cruise movie have you seen that no but i know it's just about adults yeah and you know what pirates of the caribbean was also just about adults like you don't need kids in the movie to have it be a movie that's entertaining for families although i do think like a Stranger Things-esque Haunted Mansion movie might work kind of cool. Like, I could see that. Yeah, just, like, a bunch of, like, weird preteens, like, being, like, daring each other to spend a night in the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that could work. That could That could be work. fun. See, now we're just pitching, we're just pitching alternate Haunted Mansion movies now. Alright, if we're just pitching alternate Haunted Mansion movies, everybody sit up, sit down, shut the fuck up. The Haunting of Ravenswood Manor, directed by Mike Flanagan, produced by Guillermo del Toro, starring Sarah Bolger and Luke Pasqualino. Make it happen! Somebody make it happen! Like... Sorry. You can cut that No, out. but, like, you're right! Like... Oh, God. Again, I just think, like, Disney needs to hand this property to somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing with they would be doing with it. And you know what? Here's the thing that gets me about the Haunted Mansion movie every single time. Every single time. There is so much love and passion and true like 
emotion that people have about this ride. And it would have been so easy to take advantage of that and to like hire people who clearly gave a damn and who could do something really, really unique and fun with this movie. And they just didn't. They just didn't. They didn't do that. Why didn't they do that? I feel like they just threw it at Rob Minkoff and they were like, do this. Like, it, it would be so easy. It would have been easy then and it would be easier now to just, like, find people who have a lot of passion regarding this ride. Like, they're out there and I'm sure they're in the industry. Guillermo there are Toro. so many people. There are so many people who run, like, fan blogs and, like, websites devoted to the Haunted Mansion for free. Websites that they spend large amounts of their free time working on and maintaining that they keep up for free that they do not get paid for. Such is their passion for this ride. And none of them were hired on this movie. Like, I just I just feel like a Haunted Mansion movie would be so easy to make, you know? Like, I just feel like there's so much you could do with it. There's so much creative freedom you could have. There's, like... The possibilities are endless, and they just took all of that, like, potential and tried to shove it into, like, the most tired, bland kind of plot you possibly could have in, like, the early 2000s. And it's a shame. Yep. It's a fucking shame. Anyway, do we have any other thoughts? Um, I mean, I was gonna ask you what you thought about, like, the- the- one coming that's apparently coming up but uh we, we we've established that you do not believe in it so. so no okay so like i was kind of messing around earlier i like my genuine actual thoughts on the one that like is going to happen hopefully <laughs> knock on wood uh is that like it's being written by kate dippled who i didn't know who she was and then i looked her up and she is the woman who made that tweet that's like my friends invited me to a Halloween party and they all showed up in normal like human being clothes and everyone was just kind of standing around drinking wine and I dressed as the Babadook. <laughs> and it's so just a picture her. of her sitting in a room full of people in like normal street clothes and she is just fully dressed as the Babadook. <laughs> and that's when I knew that she had the vibe that is necessary to screenwrite this movie. Correct. That's the, the, like, like those are my thoughts on the upcoming Haunted Mansion movie is that I trust this woman so much. I know there are a lot of people who are uh, disappointed and angry that we are not getting Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion. And I, I, I count myself among that to a certain extent. I, I love Guillermo del Toro so much. I would absolutely love to have his Haunted Mansion movie be a reality. However, I do hate that Hatbox goes toting motherfucker more than anything. And his... Uh, his treatment apparently centered around the hatbox ghost, so there is a part of me that is like, oh, thank god. <laughs> but, like... <sighs> I hate the hatbox ghost. Yeah, let's just quickly, I hate this man. <laughs> anyway, um, I won't just get into... Just imagine wh- me and Jemmy standing in front of a picture of the hatbox ghost, like that one screen cap from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it just says, I've had enough of this guy. I actually, like, I, I don't hate the Hatbox Ghost as a concept. I just, I, no, I hate him as a concept. I don't hate the actual Hatbox Ghost. I just hate his, con- like, the concept because I spent way too much time 
as a child among people who cared a lot more about the hatbox ghosts than I did, and it was not fun. They were assholes. Anyway, uh, if you like the hatbox ghost, cool, awesome. I keep loving that man. I don't, but <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you feel about the upcoming Haunted Mansion movie? I am tentatively optimistic. Uh, it does look like they're doing mortals in the Haunted Mansion again, which is ugh. But like, if they have to, fine. Um, like, like we've pitched several different ways that that concept could still be good. So like, I really exactly. don't have an issue with it. Exactly. Like, I am tentatively optimistic. I I am reserving ju- I'm reserving my full judgment until I see like a trailer or something. I do have some issues with the fact that there was like a casting list released recently, and it said that a lot of the ghosts were like non-speaking roles. Not sure how I feel about that one, especially considering that like I am a huge advocate of just write about the go- like just write stories about the ghosts. Don't bring mortals into this. But whatever, maybe like again, I'm reserving my judgment until we get a trailer or something. I hope it's good. I also hope it's good. I that's the thing. Like I could be really negative about it, and a lot of people are very negative about it. But like I just really want it to be good. So I also want it to be good. And you know what? Knock on wood. Hear me doing that. It can't be any worse than this. <laughs> that's the thing. Like as bad as it is, if it's bad, it will be better than this movie. I know that. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. So I do a segment on this podcast called Live, Laugh, Letterboxd, where I read funny Letterboxd reviews, and uh, boy, oh boy, does this movie have a lot of them. I was going to say, this is probably a lot easier than our past few uh, reviews, past few uh, Live, Laugh, Letterboxd, because we did The Innocents, which didn't have that many, and Crimson Peak, which was just full of like people being wrong. So, so please... Demi says, scene transition designer was working overtime on this family-friendly version of Jupiter Ascending. I would genuinely love to write a reboot. Eddie Murphy still gets cucked by a ghost in mine. Respect to the source material. <laughs> this this movie is part of, I believe, no, it's, no, is this our first cuck horror cinematic universe film, Taylor? No, I think Crimson Peak was. Oh, no, you're right, yeah. We've discussed the cuck horror cinematic universe on this podcast before. Yes. And if anyone is curious as to what that looks like, it's on Taylor's Letterboxd. Uh, yeah, I, I have a, I have a list of a list. I have a list of them on my Letterboxd. Uh, if you want to suggest more for the cuck horror cinematic universe, feel free to retweet to, to tweet at me. I haven't seen all horror movies, so I'm always interested in adding more to my list. <laughs> um so uh this next one is from Gabriel, and I was like, huh, that profile picture looks familiar. And I clicked on his profile, and it's Gabriel Gundacker, a.k.a. the guy who created Zendaya's Michi. Oh. Uh, uh, he, he's, a, he's on Letterboxd. Good for him. What did so he, he have says, to say? He says, went to a midnight cult screening of this at the Vista tonight, which, first of all, oh. when, like I, I want to go to one of those. <laughs> I want to go to one of those so bad. I think we deserve to go to one of those. When Wallace Shawn appeared on screen, we all yelled unacceptable along with him. <laughs> they did completely pass up, like, an opportunity for Wallace Shawn to say inconceivable. And, like, I get that that was the meme, but also it's extremely frustrating. Yeah. Uh, 
Bethany says, I smoked way too much weed before I watched this. You didn't smoke enough, Queen. Trust me. I didn't smoke enough weed before I watched this, quite frankly. So, Bethany, we're balanced out. (laughs) Jackson says, Crimson Peak is a lot different than I remember. Yeah. (laughs) Sure is. Still a cuck plot, though. (laughs) It's very funny. Like, what is it with haunted mansion movies and cuck plots? I don't know, because, like, it, oh, oh, no, Taylor, it's what? the ghost gallery. <sighs> yeah. Moving on, moving on, we can't, we can't yeah, stay is. on that. <laughs> Eden says, this was my version of Hereditary when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but do you remember being, like, a child and this being, like, the scariest movie you've ever seen? Because I do. Yeah, I also do. <laughs> Jamie says, not your brother. Um, not your brother. Not, your, not, not Jemmy's brother. Uh, different Jamie says, I'd rather spend 88 minutes waiting in line for the actual Haunted Mansion ride than ever watch this movie again. Okay, truly, though. Same. But, like, you will never wait 88 minutes in line for the Haunted Mansion. Ever. You will never have to do that. This ride loads so fucking fast. <laughs> that's definitely theme, true a little theme park trivia for you there uh cowboy says he poisoned her with iocane powder the princess bride sweetie i am so sorry <laughs> oh god r says where is my tiki room movie okay the tiki bar at the beginning i was like why would you bring another like beloved disney attraction into this is it not is it not enough that you're ruining the haunted we mansion? We don't you need have to, bring to the tiki soil into this too. We don't need to soil two Disney like wonderful Disney rides. Look, the Enchanted Tiki Room already had to deal with Yago and Zazu fucking around inside. Like we don't need to bring it into this. <laughs> William says, "I haven't seen this movie for ever's and ever's." Can I tell a quick Can I just tell a quick story? Please. Um so the reason I own this movie on DVD uh, is because uh, my my brother, my wonderful brother Jace, who I watched this movie with uh, for the podcast, came into my room one day, threw down a uh, plastic bag from Fye onto my bed, and said, <laughs> "It's yours for ever's and ever's now," and left. <laughs> and he had bought. At FYE, a copy of The Haunted Mansion for, like, eight bucks. <laughs> Fuck! And this isn't even the first time he's done this, is the thing! He did this to me with Annabelle, too. Like, the first Annabelle movie. <laughs> he just loves- He also did it with Saw 3D. He loves to, like, get me movies that I hate, so I have to have them in- So I have them in physical copy. I hate that you own a copy of this movie. I will put Saw 3D and Annabelle with the rest of my DVDs, but I won't put The Haunted Mansion. And that should tell you everything about how I feel about this movie. The next review is that Kirk says, I took three years of Latin, a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? How? Okay, she's taken Latin since she was nine? I mean, I guess we love an educated queen. I guess. And Viv- finally, Vivian says... Give me more of those singing busts. She's right. 
which I completely agree with. That is a, the Jennifer Tilly. I I don't make the rules. I just work here. Line and the singing busts are the singing busts are really funny. <laughs> I will say though, it is a tragedy, but also very indicative of this movie as a whole that we do not get a full version of Grim Grin and Ghosts in it. That's you know what? That's so true. Like it says I think- a lot about society. I think you could say to a Haunted Mansion fan everything that they need to know about this movie just by saying there's no full version of Grim Grinning Ghosts in this. But you know what the soundtrack does have on it? What? A Raven Simone cover of Stevie Wonder's Supernatural. No, sorry. Superstition? Superstition. There was a different Raven Simone song called Supernatural. Well, thank God. Fuck Grim Grinning Ghosts, the ride, the song that has been in the ride since its opening day. We just really need Raven Simone singing Superstitious. I just remember seeing that music video also on Disney Channel all the time. In like 2003. I don't. But I didn't. Well, I don't think I watched Disney Channel in 2003 is the thing. Because <laughs> I led a sheltered childhood and didn't get to watch like anything but PBS till I was like eight years old. It's fine, because I'm the opposite. My parents let me watch too much TV, and it rotted my brain, so. <laughs> and that's I why think ultimately here. you are better off than I ever was, because I watched so much television from such a young age. I rotted ge- my own brain. <laughs> it genuinely rotted my brain. And that's why you want to fuck the Blissfield Butcher. Exactly! <laughs> So this is actually, this has just been a long-winded PSA to all parents. Don't let your children watch television because otherwise they'll grow up to want to fuck Vince Vaughn. <laughs> and that is, and that is how we're going to end this podcast today. All right. So before we go. Yes. What is your star rating for this movie, Jemmy? One star. <laughs> See, Sorry. I actually, I'm going to give it two stars. Oh, you're being generous today? Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it two stars because I think that there are things in this movie that on their own work very well. And I think that there are a, a significant enough amount of those things. There are pieces that- here that if put together correctly would make a good movie, but they just weren't put together correctly. Yeah. The glue that binds this movie is a terrible dad. (laughs) You know what? And isn't that just the Haunted Mansion? Yeah, Isn't that just Phantom Manor? You know what? (laughs) Nothing is more Haunted Mansion than bad dads. Unless you're George Gracie. Unless you're George Gracie, in which case you are the best dad. But, like, the Haunted Mansion... The lore of the Haunted Mansion is just filled with bad dads. And Jim Evers is just one of many. And lest we forget the king of them all, Henry Ravenswood. Henry Ravenswood, <laughs> yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, don't worry. Because we usually watch movies that we like. Yes, we usually talk about movies that we enjoy. This is not generally a thing bad podcast. Although, on occasion, it is. Listen, sometimes we just need to be haters for a little while, okay? We're we're done being haters for a while now. I dedicate my life to positivity, except when it comes to 2003's The Haunted Mansion, in which case I am the world's biggest hater. Like, I'm- Okay, nostalgia can't even save this movie. 
oh no, nostalgia cannot save this movie. Anyway, follow anyway. us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. We have I got the Instagram now. up and running, you guys. I did it. We're very proud of you, Taylor. So follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them are at FGFpod. Tweet at us, comment on our Instagram posts, uh, rate us five stars on iTunes, and follow us on Spotify. Just things that help us in the algorithm. Uh, we yes. really appreciate everyone's support uh, and follows. We got a few follows on the Instagram after uh, the Innocence episode, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, uh, we're generally <laughs> more positive than this. So. Yes. Also, don't forget, at 420 followers, we will review Evil Bong. We will review Evil Bong. Whichever account hits 420 <laughs> first, I think. I don't yes. care which it is. Yes. Um, next time we are not talking about Evil Bong, but nope. we are reviewing 2017's Clinical, uh, which is a movie I haven't seen and that Taylor, I also think, doesn't and ha- uh, that Taylor also hasn't seen. Nope, I have no experience with this movie. I'm going in completely blind uh, because this is a movie that our guest for next time, um, my younger sister Autumn, uh, really, really likes. And it's supposed to be kind of a trashy, fun, Netflix does Lifetime original type of horror movie. So I'm very excited. One of my favorite vibes. Genuinely one of my favorite vibes. It's such, it's so good. I was reading all of like, I was like reading some Letterboxd reviews for it. Um, and they're like everyone was just saying like this is trash, like this is like pulby garbage, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. that's all I want. Like, you, like, feed it to me slowly, like grapes, like that. I need like a trashy horror movie to like be like a balm after the horrible experience that was watching this for like the five hundredth time. <laughs> all right, well, we will see you next time for clinical. Yes. Bye guys. Bye.